Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. I'm Corey Palm sitting in for Hunter Maskell. You know, don't adjust your uh, audio or video at the moment. Uh, not as pretty as he is, but... Uh, <laughs> the beard definitely is as uh, majestic I, I, as I, I could try for the rest of my life and not get a beard like Hunter's. Uh, Coach Tony Ersland, Tana Lipson, and special guest Jason Bryant, uh, wrestling rock tour, joining us uh, as sort of, sort of a, uh, the man about the country when it comes to wrestling. Jason, uh, we appreciate you checking in. Hey, it's great to be on Always Aggressive. I've been checking out what you guys have been doing. It's been—it's not just a podcast. Years and years of of knowing the staff there in Sports Info and, and Tony and the crew there. So uh, glad to be here, guys. Uh, kind of a here's sort of how the format will go today. We're going to try and stay as, as true to ourselves as we can with uh, with a fourth. Jason's going to try and hijack the show. We're going to do our best not to let him. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But, let the man do, do what he does, right? That's this is true. I tend to talk about myself quite a bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got to give the people what they want. Exactly, Corey. You got to give the people what they want. Big week for the Boilermakers. Uh, a couple duels on, on the road in the Big Ten. Uh, a coach will start with with Northwestern. We'll we'll talk about the action on the mat uh, uh, up in Evanston. Came out victorious. Uh, just overall thoughts on on that duel. You know, it, it, I mean, first of all, nice to get a win on the road over over a good Northwestern Winning's team. Winning's good. Winning's good. Uh, nice to get a dual win, right? So that's a team win there against a good Northwestern team. Uh, I thought, you know, the one man who really stood out, obviously, uh, you know, Devin Schroeder, uh, getting a major decision over D'Agostino, who's, you know, in top eight in a lot of polls. Uh, Midlands finalist was, was kind of a notable performance. Uh, good to have Max Lyon back, who had been out of Midlands, you know what I mean, as well. And then Thomas Panola kind of closed the duel strong. So, um, you know, but a mixed bag from a duel standpoint, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about Iowa as well. But I just thought, you know, a, a little sluggish, mm-hmm. maybe not as aggressive as we want, um, but we walked out with a win. But certainly lots of things to work on coming out of that duel. JB, you catch the Northwestern match? Well, I was at the Virginia duels this weekend, but I was clued into the scores, and actually there was a, a point – on Friday night, I pulled up Big Ten Network. I'm watching right there from the press table. So yeah, I did catch a couple of those bouts, and you know, of course, uh, you know, some things in duels they're wacky. They can they can be you know one thing can go your way, and then one thing cannot. And you, you look at the paper and be like, wait, we won this thing? Like you said, Tony, yep. not as aggressive as you want to be. You come home with a win, and and dual rankings are what they are. It's like, well, you can win one. You know, look at look at uh, those neighbors up there in Badgerland. They have a big win, then they have a, they have a big loss the same weekend. It's crazy like that, and you guys kind of experience the same thing. But yeah, I was definitely impressed with Schroeder coming off that win. I mean, him not wrestling at the Midlands. I know it was a scratch the day before or the day of actually. So yep. that you know you at least get to the point where you can knock off somebody who is at least in the finals. So at least you don't blow your entire seating uh, going into the Big Ten tournament. So this is that was a good win for him. Obviously, when it comes to seating in that regard. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, the other notable from from a negative standpoint, you know, uh, Christian Bruner, you know, had seen Lucas Davis now for the third time in almost a month. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, clearly Lucas made some nice adjustments, had a good weekend himself, obviously at Penn State as well. Uh, and, and we came up on the short end there. So, you know, it, it just goes to show you, you can't sleep on anybody. Obviously, the Big Ten's very good. We've got to continue to grow and adjust and improve. And so it, it just highlighted some things, you know, that we've got to work on, you know, overall. I've heard the rumor that Big Ten wrestling's good. <laughs> somebody, somebody said that one. Jason, were you the one that told me that? It's not overrated, I'll give you that. It is not overrated. <laughs> it, is, Whatever, it is properly you know, rated. <laughs> Adequate. Glamor, gl- you know, glamorous term you want to give it, it's probably that, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's pretty tough. 
So I will say this about Bruner uh, following up. Um, it was good to see the national media at large um, give Bruner credit for his entire body of work and not have a huge knee-jerk reaction to a, to a loss like, like, like fr uh, Friday's. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he remained near near the top. Um, one cool thing I did see on Twitter, I don't know if you see this, saw this too, Jason. Uh, Nomad over at Flow did a blind did a blind resume thing. He put two guys up, and, and one of them happened to be Bruners. I recognized it pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> you better. And uh, it was cool to see national people, like, not only that national people were educated enough to know who the two wrestlers were, um, but there were quite a few people that leaned Bruners' way. Like, it wasn't... Uh, it was pretty like there was some decent arguments on both sides as far as like people saying like yes this guy's got some great wins he deserves to be where he is you know recognized nationally yeah and, and be, being in that position i've done national rankings on the college level since 2005 and there is nothing more frustrating than you get into those situations you're like well this guy doesn't have the schedule well this guy's wrestled has better wins he's also got you know got some some head scratching losses you can apply mm -hmm. that metric to every single wrestler comparatively speaking save like you know somebody that's undefeated and a returning national champion so those type of things are extremely difficult whether you've got one pie one guy doing a ranking or whether you've got four or five i mean i've gone and in all those situations, you sit there and you go round and round. Well, this guy beats this guy beats this guy. I mean, wrestling is about triangles, and it's it's crazy because, you know, the, like we love to look at the transitive property or whatever property it is. It's like he beats him, he beats him, he beats him. Well, <laughs> in practice, it doesn't work, but sometimes you have to do that in rankings, those common opponents. And and sometimes you look at those, and you, you, there are head scratchers in, in November. Well, did a guy cut his weight wrong? Are you going through a training cycle right now? Yep. Is it is it just to show up and get some mat time? Is he is he – you know, did he tweak an ankle? I mean, there's so many X factors when you do a ranking. And and the hardest part about it is taking all that subjective stuff out and looking at just the numbers. And sometimes you just have to make a gut reaction. Be like, well, <clears throat> you know, your hunch just tells me that I'm going to put this guy here. I don't maybe ha have any concrete information. I can justify it as long as it's justifiable in some way, shape or form. But again, you can't necessarily always apply the same logic to the same wrestlers because there's, you know, 80, 80, 79, 80 guys in a weight class each week somebody's going to get upset i mean look at the dual rankings this week we had 11 ranked teams lose and yeah, that's just in a dual metric imagine that times 10 each and every single week so i'm not doing the college rankings anymore thank the <laughs> good lord above because you want to talk we were talking about hair earlier tanner you don't have any i'm losing mine and most of mine are because of uh, of wrestling rankings for the last decade yeah and i'm gray but uh, i would rather be I coaching coaching these guys i can understand <laughs> if i was a coach i'd be gray at 20. Yeah, no, I think you made a lot of great points, and I think then, you know, as a coach, that's why I'm glad we just get to put our foot on the line and we get to, we get to solve it. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be settled uh, at the national championships in March, and yes, there's some ups and there's some downs, uh, but it's about improving and getting better and getting to March and, and doing your best wrestling. And the good news is it's January right now and not March. Like, so these things, while they, they matter and they're fun to talk about and whatnot, like, we got a lot of wrestling left to do. No doubt. Tanner, you might have seen this. There was, an, there was a Twitter discussion about the AP basketball poll that went on about somebody was calling out one of the voters for, for voting a team below somebody who just got blown out at home. I think it was Baylor in Kansas was the discussion. And it was like, well, and, and the defense was, well, they're not the better team. I'm like, and then the, everybody's like, rankings, the best team is determined by head-to-heads. And you're just sitting there scratching your head. It's like, wait, wait, oh, wait, don't we play for a championship at the end of the year in these sports to save, you know, football championship subdivision where you guys are at but or excuse me bowl subdivision i see the acronym city <laughs> you're a wrestling guy yeah. wrestling <laughs> wrestling I, I do actually watch the fbcp qpr yep 
the uh, IWGP Pro Wrestling Championship. That was Japan, by the way. No, but <laughs> the you look at it, it's like, what do you play for then? Are, are you playing to be the best team? Or are you playing to or are you playing to win a championship? Are you wrestling to be the best team to be the best wrestler? Or are you wrestling to win a championship? They're not mutually exclusive. So you know, t- to me, it seems an almost somewhat absurd to be like, well, the best head to head is not the best way to judge between who's better on these teams or individuals head to head is the only way to solve it at the end of the year. The, does the better wrestler win the NCAA championship? Not always. Nope. And it's not a foregone conclusion. Again, say it with me. That's why we wrestle the matches. So yep. it's kind of on that vein with the rankings that I saw it with the round ball this week and, and, and shade being thrown at AP voters. So always going to be shade thrown. Uh, people love to attack the voters as you well know so that's well, at uh, least theirs are public i've been coordinating the coaches poll for a long long time that's <laughs> and you know i'm not going to throw my my uh, my contracting employer under the bus <laughs> division two's voters are out there publicly division three voters are out there publicly division one guys might be time might have to might have to call up those folks up in uh, my buddies in Mannheim and, and say yo hey we need to publicize who's voting here because yep. i got rankings and i catch a lot of the flag for it the guys that are voting don't right Speaking of rankings, uh, near unanimity uh, 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 for the top spot. Unanimity, that's a good word. That's the word of the week. There you go. I brought it back. Um, I spent spent seven years in college. I'd never heard that word. Okay. Seven? State school, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly unanimous. How about that? A lot of people Um, go to school for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. They're doctors. (laughs) Maybe lawyers. Or podcasters. Dr. Dr. Bryant. Right. I was atop every poll as they should be. We we saw them in here this past Sunday. Got a good and, look. And mm-hmm. got a heck of a look at, like you were saying earlier, Tanner, the right time of, of year to get that look to sort of say, okay, that's that's what the top of the mountain looks like. Here's how far we are from it. And uh, maybe yeah. here's here's how we can adjust to, to try and get there. Yeah, I, um, you know, I've always said, you know, the nice thing about being in the Big Ten is you always know where the bar is because you compete against them week in and week out, especially when the Big Ten schedules, you know, start. So it, it just shows us where we have to go. You know, I don't think the duel was completely indicative of how far this program's come or even where how far these guys have come, mm-hmm. where they're at. But clearly the ball got rolling against us and we needed to respond uh, with more authority. You know, I think the word to my guys this week is, hey, we, did, we didn't wrestle with authority. You know, and that's what you have to do against the Hawkeyes. You gotta, you gotta stick in there, and you gotta be tough, gritty, hard nosed, and you gotta take the fight to them. And um, and and so we we definitely have to kind of be more aggressive and wrestle with. The, like I said, my word this week with them is just you gotta be wrestle with authority. Mm-hmm. And and I just thought we didn't respond as well as I would like to, uh, especially in our own gym uh, where you gotta take the fight to them, especially on the back half. You know, we know they're very, very, very tough and heavily favored down low. We felt like clearly from 157 with Kendall Coleman and Young, which was an overtime match at Midlands with Lighty, Bruner, you know, even even Max Lyon wrestling, you know, a, a freshman coming out that, you know, that we expected to, to get some of those matches. Mm-hmm. And we were just a little short in, in a lot of those tighter matches. So we, we've got to go back to work. And I think... You know, they they know those are winnable matches for us, but, you know, uh, going out and dictating what's going to happen is going to be key for them in the future. Those matches all really came down to, like, one or two key moments, honestly. And I mean, they were, they were razor thin. And so, uh, you know, but like you said, you know, you want the guys to 
come out on the right side of those those moments yep. and those uh, opportunities. Yeah, I mean, over three days, and we were just spent the you know a few minutes talking about March, right? Like getting ready for March. It's it's about winning those those matches three days in a row. You know, you've got to win those tight, tough situations. And clearly, we were on the short end of the stick this weekend. So we've got to go back to work and and figure out, like I said, how we can dictate more against uh, a, a great opponent like that. Jason, any any surprises come out of that duel for you? Any any matches that you sort of uh, anticipated going one way and maybe they veered off a different direction? Well, I think if you're sitting in, in, in Tony's chair, you know which ones I'm looking at because, you know, Iowa won all 10 of them. So nothing could really have surprised me in the Purdue side of things. Although I can watch Kendall Coleman and Caleb Young wrestle 100,000 times yes. and, and still not be satisfied because those guys, <laughs> just that Midlands match was one of the one of the greatest scrambles I've seen. In, in mm -hmm. overtime, and you know, I mean, the, the the fall is a deceptive result there because that was, you know, it was right. like amazing. And and you know, Kendall Coleman is a dangerous out no matter when you're going to draw him because he's going to be at the show, and that's not a guy anybody I think wants to see. He's probably, you know, he's going to be in that that dangerous, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten seating area where he's going to hit hit a top seat early, depending on how how things go at the Big Tens, and that's not a guy a top guy wants to see because of just how tremendously good he is and young and upside. Like, I guess, I don't know, Tony, it's like one of those guys, does he know he's supposed to be this good yet? So you kind of <laughs> wonder is like, it hasn't really sometimes freshmen, they, they overachieve because they, they don't know what the, the landscape is yet. But yep. in terms of the actual performance, you look at the score and it's like 41, nothing that doesn't tell the whole story. And that's one thing where you could get on a tangent about dual meet scoring, not necessarily being indicative of actually how it went because you could lose 10 one-point matches and get shut out. Not necessarily, oh, well, they, they spanked you. Well, there were some competitive duels there, and, of course, there were some not competitive matches. And I know yep. that's Tony's job to, 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 to correct that, and it's Tom Brand's job is to, to exploit that. So one of the great things about college wrestling. But I've got to admit, I was surprised that, that it was a goose egg, and that's, that's again, you know, it's how the, way, how the ball bounces sometimes. And it's like, well, okay, that's not what I expected. And you look at the average, okay, four, you do the math, 41, that's an average of a major. And, again, that can be skewed a little bit because you've got that that buzzsaw at 125 pounds for Iowa, yeah. so uh, that'll skew any type of average anyway. But um, I want to, you know, there, there were some individual bouts that you know kind of raised an eyebrow, and there were some actions like, okay, um, I, I honestly expected Devin Schroeder, especially coming off that win, to give Spencer Lee a little bit more of a battle. I did not yep. expect a tech, even though as good as Spencer Lee is on top. I mean, it's a lot of people going to be working on that, that, that tilt defense. And it's not just in the Purdue wrestling room. It's at every school in the big 10 and every school. It's like, okay, we're going to draw this guy early. Yep. No, I, I would agree with you completely. Um, you know, we, we've got a, things can get skewed. And I definitely mm -hmm. think that, you know, when the momentum went against us, you know, um, we didn't do a good job of answering back, but those things can happen in duels. I think no matter what, this will be a great experience for our guys because you got to feel the heat, you got to be in the heat, the pace, you know, whatever that is. And now, now it's it's on us to respond. And and I feel really good. Uh, the response that we had yesterday in practice, we severely tested our guys. That's we'll what I heard. Yeah, we'll test them again just because you've got to hold up to the kind mm -hmm. of pressure that you know that you're going to face. And so uh, I, I liked their response. You know, now, hey, can you keep those blinders on until March? Can mm -hmm. you, can you kind of let that sting of what happened sit with you where I'm going to be dedicated the rest of the way out to March and not get too comfortable because, you know, hey, you know, we know we're capable, but, you know, if, if you let a team like that get going, you know, the results are going to go against you. So uh, I, I liked what I saw. Now, hey, consistently, are we going to be that way in the room the rest of the way out? Mm -hmm. Don't want to move on from Iowa without – 
giving a huge shout out to the to the crowd in attendance. Yes, a awesome Halloween gym. Awesome, fantastic. Uh, well over two thousand people uh, in attendance. At it was standing. Stand, it was standing room only. So twenty five hundred plus. Yeah, uh, the, it was a pretty good. Uh, it was pretty good showing. Um, our uh, our landmark staff, the the security people, had their hands full because they were. I mean, people were trying to sit in the aisles. People were trying to like sit up on top of the bleachers and stand behind the, the benches. Yeah, they were trying yeah. to get behind the benches and. And they were having to keep circling back and move people and, and meet yep. fire code and, yep. and and all that stuff. So no, it was uh, it was an awesome response for our fans. We appreciated it. It was it was yep. pretty cool. Now I, I, I thanks you for know, bringing that up because that was I've awesome. I've been here about the attendance thing real quick, and that's something that you know we've been tracking the attendance for the last twenty years. And you know it's not like we had to call Tom Erickson to get somebody down on the floor or anything, Tanner. But uh, inside joke. Top 20, top 25. We had 24 schools last year, average more than 1,000 in attendance. And we just see what happened at Pittsburgh had just announced that they've got this whole campaign. They're going to be building a a, a multi-use facility for wrestling but and, and other sports, but it's going to it's going to cap at 3,500. Granted, we're not all going to be like Carver Hawkeye, where you're going to get 15 plus, you're, or Penn State, where you can get you know that much at the Bryce Jordan Center and sell everything out. The smaller, intimate venues. Like, look at what Ohio State's got with the Cavelli Center. They've, yeah. They put about 4,000 each of their home matches. Those are atmospheres and environment. You don't need to fill up uh, your, you know, Mackey Arena to get a great atmosphere. You need to fill up an intimate arena that makes it a hot ticket and makes it an experience. And I like what you guys had there with that. So when you see those numbers that come in, and I'm pestering SIDs around the country for their attendance figures if they don't put them in the box score. And I love seeing that two and that three and that first number because anything yep. in four digits is great for the sport of wrestling because now we can track it and show these administrators too that, yes, we're technically classified a non-revenue sport, but how much non-revenue are we actually going to bring in? So th these are things that administrators look at. Well, do we have 12 people in the stands? At a, you know, what's the, is it more to, to cost the ticket taker to charge and, and things of that nature? So uh, th these, are, these are all good things for the sport, and it's great to see you know, the, the crowd you guys did, of course, you, you, I'm waiting for that for every duel. You know, yep. Iowa and Penn State are going to draw. Let's, yep. let's get that every single time. So that's that's the charge to all our all our fan bases out there. Don't just show up for the great team. Show up for every team. Yep. No, I think that's a great point. Um, and, that, and I would encourage everybody to come back out again because we do. We have a very strong home schedule with uh, what we have. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, yeah, uh, all still three remain left, at yeah. home. So highly ranked teams with a lot of quality opponents. And, and as you said, don't just show up for Penn State. Out, please. We're going to be we're going to be in these duels. We're going to have some great opportunities to have some big wins uh, as individuals and as a team. So uh, you know, we'd love to see the people be back in there and, and loud again. Now you're on the road this week, uh, sort of a, a we got a stretch on the road, we right? Three and six days. True, true. But uh, the week off leading up to next Monday night down in Bloomington is it a it's a good time for that, right? Coming coming off of a couple really tough duels to start Big Tens. Yeah, you know that's that's kind of the ebb and flow, I guess, of the Big Ten as they schedule it for us. Um, you know, we start off with two highly ranked teams. Now we get, <clears throat> excuse me, we get Indiana, Maryland, and Rutgers all on the road, uh, you can't overlook anybody. You know, you're fooling yourself if, if you think that there's going to be an easy match. You'll have a letdown. And certainly with coming off of Iowa and what we just talked about as far as wrestling with authority, being aggressive and asserting ourselves, you know, we, we can't fall into that trap. Um, and you can't ever just take it for granted that there's an easy win in this league. So it's something that we'll just continually stress to our guys. But you do have a nice opportunity to kind of get going hard again, get them back where you want them to be. Maybe you know mentally before you face another another top ten team. Yeah, um, JB. Before we go, anything else? A uh, little little of your background. I know you wrestled collegially at Old Dominion, and then uh, have never really left the sport. 
So uh, uh, take us through a little of that journey. Correction: I wrestled scholastically in high school for about a year and a half. I'd never had any 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 aspirations of wrestling division one. So I was at Old Dominion with the wrestling program. I lived with the guys on the team. Uh, I was doing the I never wrestled division one. So I never I barely wrestled in high school. I mean, so with I that physique, that, that, with that physique though, Jason, I just assumed that you were you know that good. Luckily for most people consuming this it's audio so they don't actually get to see the the physical issues and the fallacy that you just brought out there but uh, I, I fell in love with the sport early uh we were i just mentioned the virginia duels that was the event that got me hooked on wrestling you know 1995 you know two days after i saw my first ever wrestling duel meet i'm at the duels i skipped school on a friday as a sophomore in high school i tell this story quite frequently but it's still one i can recite almost like in my sleep is my high school was was a double A high school in Virginia, pretty good wrestling tradition, uh, ten or eleven state titles now. Um, granted, Virginia's got five thousand classes now, so it's not quite what it was back in the seventies and eighties. But you know, you, you sit there and they're they're wrestling the eighteenth ranked team in the country, McEachern, Georgia. They beat them twenty seven twenty six, and that was kind of the moment that I got hooked on wrestling. Uh, started covering it for the school paper shortly thereafter. Uh, junior year, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. You know, then I, I get a job at a high, at the newspaper, the the big paper, not the the weekly or anything. I'm snagging phones. I'm getting wrestling results. I start a radio show called Matt Talk, which is you know the first iteration was Virginia High School Wrestling News, Virginia Peninsula Wrestling News, and now the second iteration is what you see today with the podcast. But I've been announcing and uh, announced eight different sports. Wrestling kind of took over, and it's it's one of those things I say it kidnapped me in right place, right time, and just had the right people to, 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 to guide me and understand they weren't just being, you know, sometimes you can get some, some of that outsider treatment where, well, you're not a wrestler, you, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's close to, it's kind of hard to be accepted in some circles, but you know, I had people that were really good in bringing me in, even though I was nothing on the wrestling mat. So credit there to like my high school coach, Billy Ruff, who, you know, I'd ask questions. I'd ask stupid questions, like very stupid questions, wrestling newbie questions. And he'd be, he'd be patient with me and teach me through it. And then, when I got to college, the coach at Old Dominion at the time was Gray Simons, who is one of the greatest wrestlers to ever walk the earth, especially, you know, two-time Olympian, yep. seven-time national champion, four NAIs, three D1s. The guy, you know, I, I joke that he farts more wrestling knowledge than I'll ever know, <laughs> and, and I think that's that's an understatement. And, and Gray, I'd, I'd go into Gray's office and said, he'd tell me stories about Doug Bluebaugh, he'd tell me stories about, you know, Dick Wilson, who was one of his rivals, who was, uh, you know, recently inducted into the Hall of Fame, guy from Toledo, just... All that, you know, wrestling in Rome, joining the Army, coming to Granby, only won one state title in high school, and that was a sophomore. So I got a lot of really good input, especially from a guy like Gray, who really helped me. Um, and at that time, those were some pretty thin years for Old Dominion. So I had a lot of time to talk to Gray because we were putting <laughs> a lot of guys, uh, on, no guys on the podium when I was in college, and, and very few guys at the tournament, save, save my roommates here and there. But, uh, you know, I just got really fell in love with it, kind of took my passion for broadcasting and journalism and brought it in. And it's been, you know, 20 some years later, I've, you know, I've, I've pretty much been there, done that with a lot of the media stuff. I mean, I get to announce the greatest tournaments in the world and the greatest tournaments in the country. I get to 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 be around people's idols and stuff. And, and you know, there's there's you know, I do have a I got a couple of Wheaties boxes of the Sanderson guy behind me. That, <laughs> I can you know, see that. You know, that was cool. I mean, I've got, you know, there's some Minnesota Twins ones for my wife behind it, but I won't. I'm not really a Twins fan, but you know, this, I've looked around here in my office. I mean, I've, I've just, I don't, I don't collect stuff. I just kind of acquire it. I don't know. It's like, I've looked around. I was like, at one point I realized I had like 50 autographs from Olympians in this wall. I'm like, that actually is kind of cool when you think about it. So uh, to have those abilities and be able to tell stories about beating Kendall Cross and foosball uh, or playing silver strike bowling with, with Jeff Blatnick or beating Greg Jones at darts. Those are some cool things that, yep. 
that I, that I've actually been able to do outside of just you know being able to you know sit on the press row for some of the greatest things the last twenty years. So uh, that's the short short version. Now, I, I, you know, I find that stuff just fascinating too. I mean, I'm glad you actually talked a lot about that because you know, I, my mine was different. Where I feel like I was indoctrinated right away because I came out of a small town in North Central Iowa. But Frank Gotch, you know, out of Humboldt, Iowa, was world champ, and Mike Chapman's written books, and I feel like I was just indoctrinated right away. Right, I I probably had no choice in the matter. You know, and Iowa was in their heyday of wrestling and stuff. But but you always like wrestling is such a small family with tons of history and experiences like that that I I, I just I really enjoy hearing how people got in fell in love with the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, because it really is. It's kind of almost an all or nothing thing. If if you you know if you don't get it and it, it, I just don't really enjoy this, it's not my thing. You, you never come back. But but the people who stay, man, their their loyalty and their passion for the sport is always uh, evident, you know, and, and out in the front. And that's what I love about uh, the wrestling family, I guess. Not a lot of casual wrestling fans. Right. Yeah, it's it, that's one of those things. And that goes back to the, we could get into the discussion about dual meets and their relevance and things for, for the casual fan. Because, again, that's where, you know, you get two hours, people can come in. They might be a student at Purdue. They're not going to go to the Big Tens for two days and try right. to capture, you know, understand the whole thing. It was a dual meet that brought me in. It was a, it was a 90-minute high school dual meet. And then it was a dual meet event that that got me hooked. If I'd had to sit in the gym for eight hours not knowing what's going on, I don't know if I'm in there. I also because I also in a situation where you know Tony, you're from you know, Humboldt, Iowa. I mean, people yep. know this this place. I mean, it's it you know wrestling's religion in Iowa. Where I'm from, it, it's it's religion my my small hometown. But nobody in my family wrestled zero. I mean, right. I had two cousins that were significantly younger than me and a nephew that were on the mat for like one or two years, but. No, I had no real presence in, in no, no entry point until yeah. a buddy of mine says, Hey, let's go to the wrestling match. And it was a dual meet. And you know, it's that I was the casual wrestling fan until I fell in love with the sport. So it, it, it can happen yep. and it should happen more. Absolutely. And, well, and that's why dual meets matter. I think we mm-hmm. all agree on that. I mean, part of our charge is to help grow the sport uh, and create these matchups where people can come just for a couple hours. I mean, I'm, I still feel like I'm a traditionalist and you know, March means a lot to us. But if we want to grow the sport and if we want to take this where we want to go, especially in Indiana, you know, it's been a basketball state. But as we start to climb and get better and better, you know, you want to increase those dual meet numbers. And I think that's the way you do it is through the dual meet. So um, it needs to be a strong part of our sport. And I think we, we do. It has a place uh, for us that we should focus on it, you know, even for those traditionalists who like March as much as we do. Mm-hmm. It, is that a problem for the for the sport that it? On the national level, the, the dual meets get so short shrift that they get so little attention. Is it, how much of a problem, if it's a problem at all, for for I don't think the, the dual itself is the problem. The problem is within the dual meet. Is people will go to a dual and they don't see the the matchup that's been pumped and pimped up and pushed out there. You, you know, wrestling is hard. I think that, I don't know who, who who gets the credit for that quote. But <laughs> it's not easy. That's that's poetic, Jamie. Did that's you good. come up with that yourself? No, I didn't. I definitely stole that. Okay. Kind of like, you know, G- Gable admits that one of his, his most famous quotes he actually stole from Bill Farrell. I won't throw him under the bus here <laughs> on that one. But what what is interesting is, you know, you go to a match and you expect to see, and, and there's either a forfeit or, you know, that's the worst case scenario. Is you don't even get to see the guy, you, you one of the two you wanted to see wrestle. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> bumping guys around. People get hurt, okay? And that's the one thing that we, we have a very guarded aspect to you know, promotion. I know Tanner. You probably get emails here and there. It's like, hey, is this guy going to wrestle? And you're like, well, I don't know. I'm not on the staff, and, right? You know, I mean, it's probably crazier with football because you know there's so many different dot coms that, that cover those sports. Whereas wrestling, we've only got a couple that are really 
uh, have access to the point where we, we're even going to ask that question. And we're going to get, well, you know, sometimes if they weigh in, you don't know they're even competing until they do or don't weigh in an hour before. So well, that sometimes they weigh in and I mean, still don't wrestle. Yep. Yeah, you know, you're, you're coming in, you're coming in for an hour away, you have to leave, do you decide to go? So I think the problem with some dual meets is the fact that their outcomes aren't as significant because there's, you know, you don't, forfeits are, are just horrible. That's the one thing that yep. the scourge of the dual meet is not even throwing anything out there. So getting to the, to, to shift gears a little bit on like that football four dates. Yes. Uh, and so keep your retro. I think wrestling of all sports should be here. I mean, we can't even fully fund a starting lineup we've got 10 we got 9.9 can't even do that so that that's a rule that i think would make sense and that would alleviate forfeits a lot more or if you do the four and five thing i know carrie cole that's been beating that drum for a number of years but i think again the problem with the forfeit is is not the fact that uh, or the dual meet is not the fact they exist people like dual meets granted for some reason we haven't seen a dual meet tournament get it and everything dual meet tournament wise is always compared to march which that is the only sport that draws the only event that draws that type of numbers save Iowa or Penn State dual meets in Oklahoma State periodically so um, it I just I, I can't quite put our finger on the, the moving target of why why it hasn't been widely adopted because again maybe it's just that that marches matters and, and that's why but I it is frustrating as a media guy it's frustrating as a fan to go to a bull and like oh they're not wrestling but problem is is what are you gonna you gonna penalize the kid because he's, he's dinged up he got hurt he he sprained his wrist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the, on the last warm up, you know, before a match. I mean, things happen. I mean, at the Olympics, there was a, there was a, you know, Danielle Lavage from from Canada was on her last warm up before walking out there and tore her hamstring. I mean, those type of freak things happen. The problem is, is I some of these, I, I think again, accountability. Some of the coaches need to be accountable. Like, are are you are you ducking? Are you seat right. protecting? Being honest. Own it. Huge Own huge it. difference between gamesmanship and and things right. happening. If you're legitimately hurt, we're not gonna, you know, just or or at least have your sports information sit there and yep. you know use that. Be like, don't be afraid. Like, yeah, well, he had a he had a stinger. He's out, you know, or he's on a pitch count. He's managing his weight. You know, I think everybody knows that Jack Mueller at Virginia is managing his weight right now. He's on a pitch count. He's only gonna make weight a certain amount of times, and then be done with it. So, ah, oh, there's so many different rabbit holes we can go down with that particular discussion as it as it centralizes from that dual meat question that you asked, Corey. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. And I think there's a few other things out there. I mean, the uh, you know, giving red shirts the opportunity to compete four or five times and still preserve their red shirt is, is, a, is a great option. That makes absolute sense. I'm a huge proponent of that. And we're already doing that. that with open tournaments. What other sport that, I, that we know of, Tanner, you probably know this because you've got the, 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 the broad spectrum of sports there, Purdue. I don't know any other sport that has red shirting athletes eligible to compete in college competition and it count on other people's records. And if you get pulled out of redshirt accounts on yours, I mean, if you're redshirting in basketball, you're not going to, you're not, you're not entering a. a you don't a go one-on-one tournament tournaments. I think um, part part of <laughs> yeah. this of that proposal, though, honestly, uh, will be can we pull other sports with it? I think that's where the NCAA is. They're not usually willing to just grant it sports specific all the time. If we can show uh, across the board from an Olympic sports perspective, mm-hmm. you'll be able to gain more support from the NCAA people and, and push that through. Even though for wrestling, it makes the absolute most sense. Uh, most of us would argue. You do see it a little bit in sports like uh, track and field or um, or swimming and diving, where uh, a redshirt athlete will pay their own pay their own entry into a, a meet and compete. But it doesn't have, like you said, Jason, it doesn't have the ramifications where like those wins or losses don't affect other other teams and other athletes. We've had to create rules or you know asterisks like at the Midlands in the Southern Scuffle with the review process, like. 
unattached wrestlers prior to this year didn't get didn't get challenges. So if they got their red shirt pulled, there then those matches were wrestled under a different set of rules. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, let's look at the Spencer Lee situation two years ago when he was red shirting and lost that tight match to Ronnie Bresser. He didn't get the challenge. Now, what if he gets the challenge? Does that change his seat at nationals? Because you know, again, that that match was wrestled under a different set of rules. So it, it's strange that we have all these nuances that no other sports have. Yet we're not allowed sometimes to to you know bring have our own nuance. Football's got its own nuances. They get their own rules, but then again, they also bring in the money. For I was going to say too, big so. difference in, in oh, revenue. Holy, <laughs> there's a difference. Yeah. Again, the, um, you know, we're, we're a lot of zeros. Got unique rules as it is. Why not? Well, you know, we're a sport of nuance, which I think is some of the charm and also some of our problem getting into the nuance fan bit. But it's like it would yep. be great to you know, okay, we got to forfeit. Why 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 are we holding this guy out? We don't want to blow a red shirt for for our, our freshman at 125. Well. He's going to beat the guy. Let's just let's put him in there. And, you know, we'll not have to worry about that. I mean, strategic redshirt pulling like acid, uh, you know, I saw it up at up at uh, Iowa is, is a different story altogether. But like, you know, you've got a, a blue chip stud and then somebody's, you know, sprained their wrist or something. Throw him out there and not let it count against him. I think we'd see better athlete retention in that way, too, because yep. Tony, how many times you got guys in a red shirt and then by the time, OK, well, there's no more open events. You may save you might go to Edinburgh in February, but. Yep. You know, they got to check out. You got to keep those guys engaged to be warm up partners and get the other guys better, or, or they just check out and, yep. you know, it starts to get warm and you might start to see some grades suffer. I mean, there's there's a lot of nuances when it comes to being a college coach, and some of those is keeping those guys engaged. I mean, the attrition rate of non starters is crazy in Division One wrestling. I don't have a stat to back it up, but. Yeah, I'm you with know, you. Uh, you work at APR, you want to say, all right, if you're going to quit, at least get that 2 6. Yep. Well, <laughs> you know? And there is, I, I do have some numbers on that, though. I mean, the retention rate after you get past 30-some credits is is much greater. So, I mean, you could lose a kid. The chances of losing someone in that first year are much higher. It just shows that after they get 30-some credits, you know, you're going to take 12 and 12 and maybe a summer to get your 30. Their retention um, is going to be much higher. So it is. It's a real issue. And we talk about it all the time that when you have a kid who's getting ready to make weight and compete, man, they're dialed in. That's what they've done their whole life. And sometimes you take that kid now for the first time in his life, he, he doesn't have to be ready to compete. Mm-hmm. It's easy to fall into some bad habits or just, you know, mentally just kind of relax, which you don't want to, your athletes ever doing. You want them to stay dialed in and, and always trying to get better. So I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, I think there's some value. Uh, we could talk forever, so I guess I won't go too far on this, but, you know, maybe even moving the season where um, if we go to a one semester sport and then have a dual season after or something like that could, because I think you you help yourself from a forfeit perspective there too but i also think there's a lot of apr concerns there going to a one semester sport that can help us so that might be another talk for another time but i I think those are issues that we have to really discuss and should push for in the wrestling community because we can make our product better it's all about resonating i know we talked a little bit earlier wrestling's got a a very loyal if if not very large fan base and it's kind of hard sometimes to draw in the, the, the casual fans. Well, you have to have that casual fan buy-in in order to grow the sport. So it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You love the loyalty of your fans. You need to draw new people to the sport. We all love the sport. We see the virtue in it. Uh, being open to the changes that allow other people you know, to, to come under the tent is, is such a challenge. So... Uh... 
probably almost done here, guys. Jason, uh, Jason Bryant, Matt Talk Online Podcast. Um, and, I mean, God knows how many others you work on. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I last kind of think I'm up to 32 that have been on the network. So it's pretty because awesome. We just launched one from uh, the Wisconsin Wrestling Federation, the USA Wrestling chapter up there. And, uh, you know, one of the shows that we just finished up was the story of Little Rock at, at GetRockedUp.com, the new Division One program down in Arkansas. That was a story that that's that's not just me doing interviews. That was something I actually had some creative input in doing and telling a story that's never been told before. So those are uh, some things that I really want to highlight, especially the, the Little Rock thing, because a lot of schools, because they're a state school, a lot of universities are looking at their blueprint and be like, okay, do we have a guy like Hatcher floating around? And do we have the ability to put facilities together? And why, we're adding a men's sport to the state, state school that's typically not always enrollment-driven. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things about that Little Rock show that I was really happy with how they came out. And, again, yeah, it's a, it's a new Division One school, and you've got your own podcast here. But that's one I would really encourage everybody to look because it, it starts from no high school wrestling at all, at all, mm -hmm. 12 years ago, to now a Division One program about four or five uh, division twos and division threes and AI schools in there. Actually, I think they might be up to eight. So, wow. you know, wrestling culture can't exist and start from a new. It's so come, it's come uh, along quick. The, the great stories about that. So madtalkonline.com is where I'm at, at Jason M. Bryant on Twitter to get my daily weather updates and daily news stuff. So, yeah, all that stuff. What is the weather in New Brighton today? Cold. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, thanks again, man. You've done a ton for me, and uh, we appreciate you, you taking the time to be on here. So, um, we know you got some other engagements, so we'll uh, we'll let you go here. Corey, anything else? No, I think we're good. Uh, Jason, like Tanner said, thank you so much. Great to see you again, and uh, hope to see you down the road. Yeah, man, that was a good wedding. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> what, what we remember. Well, yeah, what I remember. <laughs> Jason, well, you no, have a good one, buddy. Guys, thanks. Thanks, Jason. Guys, we'll catch you next week on the Always Aggressive Podcast. Thanks.